Welcome, gang. You're listening to the Help My Marketing podcast, where we talk all things marketing, the sexy things, the not-so-sexy things, the fun stuff, the serious stuff, basically all the things that make you a better marketer. Not just theory-based, everything we discuss on this podcast has been tried, tested, and validated by the team at Orbit over the last five years as we build successful campaigns for our agency clients in a whole range of industries. Don't forget, if you'd like help with your campaigns, go to orbitmarketing.com.au and reach out for a chat with one of our experienced marketing experts so we can show you how to bring the sort of attention and leads that could change the game for your business. Okay, welcome back to the podcast. You're listening to episode three of the Help My Marketing podcast, where we share tips, tools, processes, procedures that we use in our agency, Orbit Marketing, to build winning campaigns for our clients. We're sharing those processes with you to help make you better marketers. And the topic of today's podcast is client personas, potentially one of those things that people see as not being a sexy part of marketing. Um which is a bit of a theme for the first couple of episodes, but let me tell you, it's critical. It's one of the foundational parts of any marketing campaign is to really understand who it is that you're targeting and who it is that you want to talk to. So first, the question that we get a lot is, what is a client persona or um, what is a client avatar? And really, it's fancy marketing speak for a detailed description of your ideal client. And that's the kind of key bit of information, ideal client. So it's not necessarily a description of the people who you work with. It's a description of the people you want to work with. So it's really important, I think, as business owners that we're attracting the people that we want to work with, not just whoever will turn up on our doorstep. And the reason I say that is you want to be working with people who um, people who you know you can help, people who want your help, and people who can afford to pay for your help, right? So why is this important? You want to work with people you know you can help because if you can't help them, then they go away feeling frustrated. You go away with your confidence in tatters and your tail between your legs. You don't get recommendations or referrals and you end up caught in that cycle of constantly having to find new clients all the time. You want to work with clients who want to work with you or who want your help because if they don't, you're kind of talking them into it. And if you've got to talk people into it, then the relationship starts off on the wrong foot. You've often got to discount your price, which is not a really good place to start from. And so attracting clients who you know you can help isn't really any good if they don't want your help. And then you want clients who can afford to pay you because if you're not getting paid well, you end up cutting corners, right? If you don't have enough profit left in the job, You end up cutting corners and that means you're either using inferior quality product or you're not having enough staff around to actually provide high levels of customer service or you're using contractors who are not necessarily the best in their field and so the client experience is not terrific. So that's why it's so important to be able to attract the people who you want to attract. You want to be able to work with clients you know you can help clients who want your help and clients who can afford to pay you well in order to be able to deliver exactly what you want to deliver for everybody's sake. So the ideal client persona, it's way more than demographics now, right? 
in in days gone by, um, I know I sound really old. In days gone by, we used to talk about demographics: age, gender, level of education, um, employment, marital status, all of that kind of stuff. And and those things are still important. But now it's about way more than that. We need to understand our ideal client on a much deeper level than that. So we want to look at pain points. We want to look at what it is that that is really causing this person a problem relative to our product or service, right? What's keeping them awake at night? Um, what is it that's going on in their life that we can make better for them? We want to understand their fears, their frustrations, their goals, and their desires. And if you listen to me um, for long enough, and if you followed me for a little while, you know I love talking about those four things: fears, frustrations, goals, desires. When you've really, when you're really clear on that, it allows you to create the kind of content, it allows you to create the kind of products and services, and it allows you to create the kind of offers that really speak to people and that genuinely get people excited about working with you. So fears, frustrations, goals goals, desires. We really want to be able to understand those things. And they may not always be the things we think they are. So as business owners, we know our product really well, and we know the benefits of our product really well. And so we often think that that's what it is people are looking for. And it's a really cool example that I like to use. And again, if you've followed me for any period of time, you might've heard this one, but I love the example of, of George right? So George is in his late 50s and George owns a landscaping business, which he's owned for 30 years. He's worked on the tools for 25 of those years. And so he's got a bit of a bad back and he's got bad knees and his shoulder gives him a little bit of grief. But George loves golf and George has got a couple of kids who have now got kids of their own. So he's got grandkids. So George's love of golf and his grandkids is often interfered with by the injuries that he's got from working for a really long time in his business. And so if I was a physiotherapist, I might naturally think that they're the pain points, right? George's fears and frustrations are around not being able to show up for his mates, not being able to show up for his grandkids, his desires are to get back on the golf course quicker, his desires are to be able to run around in the park with the grandkids. And those things are probably true, but when we scratch the surface a little bit more, we find out that George has actually got a physiotherapist and he makes a 2.30 appointment with his physio and he rocks up at 2.30 and he sits there in the waiting room for 40 minutes and it really pisses him off. So... Knowing that about George, in my marketing, I can talk about some of those things that I know, you know, are, are probably a hassle for him, like he's saw this and he's saw that and he's achy, whatever, and he can't get out with the grandkids and play golf. But I can also talk about the fact that when you make an appointment at our practice, you're not sitting around for 40 minutes and that's going to take away a frustration for George and that's going to make him much more likely to come to my practice. So understanding those things is what's going to give you the edge over a competitor who doesn't necessarily understand those things. So this is the reason, or one of the reasons, it's so important to have a really, really good handle on that client persona. So take some time to work on that and take some time to put that kind of information together because that's the sort of thing that's going to allow you to attract those clients it's going to allow you to attract those clients that you know you can help 
those clients who want to work with you, those clients who are willing to pay you in order to help them. And when you can start attracting those clients on a consistent basis, you've got a much more predictable flow of leads, a much more predictable flow of sales, and a much more predictable growth in revenue in your business. And isn't that really what you're here for? So that was me prattling on for a really long time saying, get your client persona in order. And I can hear you. I can hear you saying, well, that's great, but how do I do that? So... There's a, there's a really, really effective market research technique that, uh, that doesn't get talked about that often and a lot of marketers don't do and it's called asking people. Wow, right? Talk to your clients. Ask them. I know, I sound like a smarty pants. Talk to your clients. Ask them why they work with you. Ask them what it is about your product or your service particularly that keeps them coming back to you as opposed to somebody else. And the things they tell you are likely to be the the fears that you help them overcome, the frustrations that you take away from their lives, or the goals or the desires that you're helping them achieve. So ask them. Don't just ask one or two. You know, um, Ask sort of eight or ten different people to get a really good cross-section. When we're doing client research, we want to talk to between eight and ten people to get a kind of good cross-section. Talk to your past clients. Now, this can be really confronting, right? I get it. Um, and it can be a really painful exercise too to, to sit there and listen to some of the things that they tell us. But ask your past clients why they stopped working with you. In, in some cases, depending on the industry that you're in, it's because you did the thing that they needed you to do and, and it was done. So, for example, if you're a conveyancer, people don't keep coming back to you every day, right? You do their property transfer, they say thanks very much, and they're gone. Um, but if you're a if you're a business that has ongoing customers, ask your previous customers why it was that they stopped working with you, and and be really open with them and tell them this is not about trying to win you back as a client. Although if they want to come back, obviously you will take them, sure. Um, but it's more about improving the quality of the service. It's more about constant improvement of your business, and you're looking for the things that you're not doing really well. And so ask them why it was that they stopped working with you. And and the things that they tell you will often be the fears that you didn't help them overcome, the frustrations you didn't take away from them, the goals, the desires that you weren't able to help them achieve. And so asking those kind of questions of clients and previous questions is really going to start to highlight for you, this is what's really important. Right? These are the things that are important enough to get people to keep spending their money with me or to get them to change suppliers. So that's two things you can do. Then it's not always possible, and I know for some of you, you might not want to do that. You might not want to inconvenience your clients. You might not want to you know, make that phone call to a past client who left you. I get it. Some other things that you can do that are not quite as effective but still pretty effective is read reviews. So have a look at what people are saying, uh, Amazon reviews, Google reviews, Facebook recommendations. It's pretty much the same situation as what we just spoke about. When somebody's giving a business they worked with a glowing review, five stars, they're giving them five stars because they helped, guess what, overcome a fear, remove a frustration, achieve a goal or achieve a desire in any of those review platforms. People give glowing reviews because of those things. And conversely, 
when somebody's being really critical of a business, it's because they didn't do whatever it was that that person needed done. Whatever it was that was really important to that person, the business wasn't able to help them with them with it. Um, they weren't able to alleviate a fear, a frustration, goal desire, and so on and so on and so on. You know what I'm saying. So have a read of reviews on all of those platforms and hop into community groups too. Community groups that are, that are relevant to your industry. And when somebody asks for a recommendation, have a look at the recommendations that are being given, right? Uh, we need a pest controller. Anybody recommend a good pest controller? And people will recommend someone, yeah, go to you know XYZ Pest Control because... And then they'll say something really positive, and that something they say that's really positive will be related to fears, frustrations, goals, desires. And so the reason that you don't just want to ask one or two people or read one or two reviews is because you might get a bit of a skewed view of what's going on. But if you ask enough people and you read enough reviews, you're going to start seeing patterns. And that's what's going to tell you what's important. And when you know that, that's when you can start making sure your service directly addresses those things. That's when you can start creating messaging that talks directly to those pain points and directly to those goals and desires. And that's when you can start creating offers built around those things that are more likely to attract people to them. And the the last thing, the last thing I'll say before we wrap this episode of the podcast, I keep whacking my microphone stand. Can you guys all hear that? Um, the last thing I'll say is... Pain points, targeting pain points with ad copy, right? So, so finding something that's a pain point for a person, something that's worrying them or stressing them, and then agitating that. It used to be the number one way that we would write copy, right? There were formulas around it, problem, agitate, solution, right? So you'd find a problem, you'd agitate it, you'd propose a solution. But there's a really big move now to focus more on people's goals and desires. So rather than making them feel bad or inadequate or less than, we want to be we want to be talking to people about what their goals are and what life is going to be like when they're working with us, how good things are going to be. Right? Let's put positive vibes out into the world, not negative vibes out into the world, right? Think about it as a marketer. Do you want to be the business that's making somebody feel bad about themselves? Or do you want to be the business that's making somebody feel hopeful and excited, right? Putting them into a really positive state of mind. And then think about it from the consumer's point of view. Who do you want to deal with, right? Which business do you want to deal with? Do you want to deal with the business that's making you feel really good or the business that's kind of making you feel a little bit crap about yourself? So, Fears, frustrations, goals, desires, right? I'm going to drill those words into you as we go through this podcast series. They're really important, but goals and desires are where it's at now, right? Um, Social media marketing particularly. Think social media is the highlight reel of our lives. And when we're creating content, especially marketing content for social media platforms, we want it to fit seamlessly into the newsfeed. So... When we start doing that old-fashioned fears and frustrations thing or pain points thing, it kind of sticks out because people are talking about my great new job, my fabulous holiday, my beautiful new home, our cute new puppy. And so it's all this really good, happy, lovey-dovey stuff. And then suddenly you've got pain points. And and you do want something that stands out in the newsfeed, right? You don't want it to be beige and disappear, but you don't want to do it like that. You want to use your graphics. You want to use the excitement 
to grab people's attention. So given that social media is the highlight reel of our lives and we want something that fits into the news feed, then we want to be talking about good stuff and positive stuff. So when you're creating your content, when you're creating your copy, when you're creating your offers and positioning them, position them in such a way that you're telling people about how great life is going to be when they're working with you. These things they're aspiring to, you can help them get there. That's what we want to be doing with our marketing. Okay, so homework, because I love giving you guys actionable things to do at the end of a podcast. In episode one, it was to go away and think about who you help and how you help them and think about what kind of marketing you've got in place. I want you to take that take that a little bit further and start building out your client persona. Who are they? Drill right down. Even if you're not contacting people to talk to them, start mapping out some questions that you might ask those people. And then even if you do it casually, when somebody... Uh, a regular client gets in touch with you to make an order or um, or follow up on something, ask them, hey, by the way, George, why is it that you continue to work with us? We love having you as a customer. I'm just really interested to know what it is about us that you like. It can be as simple as that. So that's a wrap for today. Guys, thank you. I'm so appreciative of you joining us on this podcast. Um, I'm really excited to hear from some of you what you think and what you'd like to hear about. This podcast is for you to make you guys better marketers. So if you have questions, let me know. You can reach out to us. Go to orbitmarketing.com.au and reach out to us via Messenger. And I will look forward to catching you guys on the next podcast. Mm-hmm.